Hey everyone, Zach here. Uh, just wanted to quickly let you all know, in case you missed it, we launched Enrollify Chatter last week. Chatter is a feedback platform built to help enrollment marketers find the software, services, and resources that they need for success. It's your one-stop shop for reviews on things like CRMs, student information systems, application software, marketing agencies, branding agencies, higher education associations, and uh, much, much more. Um, we really designed Chatter to be a place where great decisions start and we want to build this into a truly robust resource so that all enrollment marketers can make the right purchasing decisions with their budgets um, so go ahead and head on over to enrollify.org forward slash chatter or just go to our website and click to chatter from there and leave your first review we're offering gift cards so ten dollar amazon gift cards for everyone that leaves a review so go ahead and if you leave a review uh, ping me with an email and we'll be happy to get you that gift card again we're really really excited about chatter and looking forward to it being a true resource for the industry so again once and and finally uh head on over to enrollify.org forward slash chatter and leave your first review thanks Hello and welcome to the Enrollify podcast. Each week, the Enrollify podcast equips you with insights into how the latest trends in marketing and technology are impacting today's enrollment marketers. Every episode is designed to inspire new creative ideas for how to optimize the resources you have to generate the results that you need. My name is Zach Buzicruz and I am the host of today's episode. Hello and welcome to the Enrollify podcast. My name is Zach Cruz, and I am the host of today's episode. And today I have the honor of sitting down with Jeremy Tears, who is the Director of Admission Services at Tudor Collegiate Strategies. Welcome to the show, Jeremy. Great to be on, Zach. Glad we could do this. Yeah, me too. So Jeremy, I was hoping you could just start by giving us a quick overview of who you are, what TCS is, and, uh, you know, maybe a, a sort of Cliff's Notes overview of your career to date. Sure. So I am the Director of Admission Services for Tutor Collegiate Strategies, as you said, and we are a higher ed partner that works with colleges and universities on a couple of things, Zach. Number one, we train their admission staff. So I go in and our team goes in and leads staff training workshops for admissions teams, Oftentimes, marketing, financial aid will sit on those. And we also help colleges and universities personalize their enrollment communications and increase the engagement that they are trying to get from prospective students and parents during the college search process. And so as a company, Zach, we've been around for about 15 years. Uh, we started the company, or my boss, Dan Tudor, started the company with college coaches and athletic departments. And so the admissions work uh, started about five years ago when I came aboard. And it's been a lot of fun because I've been able to take the blueprint that has worked so successfully for Dan on the athletic side of our company and apply it in our admissions division. And we've seen, you know, very similar results with a lot of these admissions clients over the last five years. So it's a lot of fun training admissions professionals on how to be more effective communicators and recruiters. And it's, it's great to also be able to help them you know, tell a better story and be more relational and less transactional when they actually communicate uh, with their messaging throughout the college search process. 
Sure, sure. That's that's super helpful context. Um, could you guys, could you just give us a quick sense too of the sorts of schools that you all are, are working with? You don't need to drop names or anything, but just are you are you typically kind of coming in and uh, doing one time workshops? Are people uh, working with you guys in sort of kind of like a retainer context, or how are how are most of your clients engaging you guys from a services standpoint? So it's a little bit of everything. Uh, a large majority of schools absolutely do just bring us in for the training to where I will go in and in two days in a row do comprehensive training workshops to where day one, you know, if any of the audience has been to a regional conference like an ACAC or, or one of those similar type of events, you have all these different breakout sessions. And so we break down the day into a bunch of topics that admissions counselors and admissions professionals deal with on a yearly basis with different groups of students and parents and families. And then on day two, I meet one-on-one with every single member of the admissions staff as well to talk and give them extra personal development based on where they're at and kind of what their needs or things that they might want to get better at are. And then along with that, we also have a number of schools that either have brought us in for a workshop at some point and now want communication help with their enrollment communications because they either don't have a very good plan or their existing plan isn't working. But we do also have a handful of schools because we are a small enough company, kind of a boutique type company that can be very personalized to our clients that will call us up and say, hey, we're looking for somebody to do this. You know, I didn't see it listed in your other services, but could you do something like this? Because we've heard really good things. And typically we're able to piece together something that fits. So it's kind of a little bit of everything there, Zach. And Jeremy, talk a little bit about your career to date before TCS. Uh, If I remember correctly, you mentioned that you were a college basketball coach, correct? I was. I was. I was a college coach for eight years at some schools in both Minnesota and Indiana, which is where I live now. And I've also worked in the high school uh, for a number of years, both as a college and career counselor a while back. And I was also kind of like an assistant to deans day to day in schools. And so uh, it's kind of a funny story. You know, the way I connected with Dan Tudor now uh, was simply through a relationship that I had built a long time ago when I was at that high school level. And when I transitioned out of college coaching, you know, trying to figure out what my next move was going to be, I reconnected with Dan and found out he was going to be in the Indianapolis area where I live now. And long story short, met him at the concourse of the Indianapolis airport when he was in the area about ready to fly back home and had a 30-minute conversation with him, which out of nowhere led to an unexpected job offer. And five and a half years later, here we are. I love it. That's fantastic. I'm sure there's a lot of overlap, too, between the skills that you use as a coach um, in a basketball context to the skills that you are, are now using to help lead admissions teams. And so we'll get into some of that in, in a little bit here. But, you know, I what we, what we want to do today is really have a conversation about how to design what we're kind of calling here communications experiences. And I'm wondering if you could briefly define what this term means to you and, you know, perhaps highlight why you think it's a helpful framework to think about how to revamp admissions communication flows. So in other words, uh, why is it helpful to take a step back and think about communications uh, holistically as opposed to just diving into thinking about it at the tactical level? 
Sure. I think communication experiences really need to have a personalized feel. That's the biggest thing. A lot of communication experiences in 2020, Zach, are lacking. And that's not just my opinion. That's the opinion we consistently hear in all of the focus group survey research we do as a company with students. The number one A thing on the list of pet peeves, annoyances, or their wish list for colleges and universities in the way they communicate during the college search process is, we don't think you make it enough about us. This doesn't feel like this was written for me. And so I think communication experiences definitely have to have a more personalized feel. And then I think they just have to tell a story and provide some type of value in that story. And it needs to feel like, much like you and I are having this conversation right now, almost like you're sitting in the room with the person and then encourage feedback and engagement at the end. It's not just about pushing them to go take an immediate action that they may or may not be ready to do, which unfortunately too many college enrollment communication messages do. It's more about trying to figure out, okay, I just told you a story. I just offered you some information about our college or university. What do you think about it? Was it helpful? Do you care? Do you want to know more? I think if a communication experience could have all of those things, it would be much more of a, you know, what we like to call in TCS a market smart approach. And I think too many colleges and universities, unfortunately, are using the same approach that they've been using for years. And it's hit or miss. They have their days where it works very well. And then they have their days where it doesn't work at all. And they're trying to figure out why do we have this inconsistency? And I think a lot of the inconsistency comes from a lack of consistency in terms of trying to make it more a, we're going to try to understand that the person we're talking to in 2020 isn't the same person that it was five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, who was going through this process. Absolutely. I, I, I love that. And yeah, you know, it just reminds me of the fact that I, you know, my, my personal pet peeve is when you go through and this is, you know, outside of just a, a hired context, but anytime you're going through a form on a company's website on a school's website, and they're asking you for information, when that information that you're offering doesn't get translated into the communications that you then receive from that brand afterwards, it's sort of like, why did you ask me for that information? And I, I was curious, this is actually somewhat tangential, but um, uh, a couple weekends ago for just this project that uh, I'm, I'm working on, I decided to go and request more information at 80 different uh, MBA programs. Um, I created an email. Uh, most of the information uh, was consistent and, and true with who, who I am, but I swapped out the email so my, uh, my email address wasn't uh, spammed. And I was just curious, based off of you know how I filled out this inquiry form, what sort of uh, response and communications would I get from these MBA programs? And I kid you not, about 75% of them uh, did not use in at least the first three communications received from that brand. The, beyond my name, there was zero personalization included in those communications. And a, a lot of these schools asked for, you know, there were there were 15 to 20 different form fields, right? And so um, it, it's just, it's it's embarrassing in, in a sense that schools are asking for so much information, at least at the inquiry stage, uh, for prospective students. And if you're not going to leverage that to 
deliver a more personalized experience, maybe you should rethink your inquiry form. Um, so, you know, all that is to say that I couldn't agree more that what schools really need to be thinking about today is how do you not just personalize the experience, but, you know, generally, but how do you personalize the experience down to the individual prospect to the individual student? So, so I love that. Yeah. And I think in combination with that, Zach, you know, the big challenge for admission and enrollment marketers and even admissions counselors who manage, you know, various territories, obviously, uh, in their day to day. You've got this huge territory, you know, if I'm an admissions counselor that could have, you know, 1,000, 2,000, 7,000 names in it at the start of a cycle. And then you've got, you know, as an enrollment communications or enrollment marketer, you could start with 100, 200, you know, 1,000 names in your system. Automating things is definitely a big challenge, and I'm not about to tell you it's easy. But I think things like an RFI form definitely aren't as difficult to personalize if you've got good communication in-house. And by that, I mean you've sat down with all the people who are going to be part of that execution, a.k.a. the admissions and enrollment staff and leadership, the marketing communication staff and leadership, and figured out, okay, if that RFI, RFI form comes through, how do we at least create some level of personalization knowing that we don't want to have 200,000 or 100,000 different versions of it. But I think we could have version A, B, and C, for example, because we know that this group's going to you know, find this important or this group's going to ask about this. And there are other ways outside of indicating things that you might have put that are interests of yours, Zach, on an RFI form in the language and tone you use to still make those type of messages feel a lot more personal than I think they do currently. Sure, sure. And I think this is actually a nice segue. Uh, you know, one of the questions that I'm sure you guys get a lot, uh, I know that we certainly do is, you know, how how do we do a better job of expressing and communicating our unique value proposition? And so, you know, you're a, a prolific speaker and, and writer. And uh, I think what you've done really well in not, not that I've known you for for too long here, but uh, since I've started following you and, and reading your newsletter and and, uh, you know, getting a sense for how you communicate uh, in the context of conferences and events. Uh, I think what you've done really well is uh, own your voice. So you have this this style. It's it's honest. It's uh, it's exciting. Um, and I'm I'm just curious if you could talk a little bit about how you got to where you are today. When you think about you know the brand of you know uh, Jeremy Tears's brand and and really the brand of TCS. Uh, what lessons have you learned about crafting your tone that admissions teams might be able to glean some insight from? Sure. Well, I mean, I think, you know, it's funny. We all hear at some point growing up, uh, at least I know I did, and I think you and I talked about this the last time we, we were on a call together, Zach, but relationships make the world go round. You know, it's about who you know, not necessarily what you know. Well, I would say obviously both those things are important. But the point is, I think relationships are so important in life and any business you might be in, whether it's admissions and enrollment management or something else. And so for me, something I've been just lucky with, blessed with, you know, if you want to think of it that way, is relational DNA, if that makes sense. Hmm. Um, I've just always tried to make it, as long as I can remember, even growing up, about the other person and trying to help them. It's just who it's, it's who I am. It's never something I had to try hard to do. 
I feel like I'm a good communicator and I'm a good listener. And so I think when I was transitioning from being a college basketball coach to what I am doing now, you know, five and a half years ago, one of the things that I struggled with was, well, what could I do that I would enjoy as much and feel, you know, that sense of fulfillment that I felt when I was a basketball coach. And when I really drilled down Zach and tried to figure out, well, why, why did I love that? Why did I love working in the high schools as a high school counselor and helping students with their college search? And it all came back to number one, just enjoying helping other people, but saying, you know what, you're a person who just gets other people is able to give them information and strategies and little tips and things that are able to help them feel better about themselves or feel like they know how to develop a plan or move forward. And for me, when I drilled down on that, it just made me realize I think I could do a lot of different things. And I think enrollment marketers or anybody in higher education, the goal obviously is to make this process easier and less stressful for students and families. And I, what I love about this profession in higher education is they are so passionate about student development and student growth. And so I think as long as you're always keeping that in the back of your mind, obviously that's something that's going to bode well for you. But then obviously if you're not like me and you're not an extrovert, if you're an introvert, for example, yes, it definitely becomes harder to try to have some of those, you know, conversations a little bit more in depth, depending on your confidence level. So, you know, for me, Zach, I just figured out what I was good at, which were some of those things I just talked about. And for me, I've been very lucky that I've been able to incorporate, you know, building relationships kind of as a primary thing that I've done in each job over the years. And so having that self-awareness, figuring out, you know, those things and then combining all of that with, I, I think, just regular hard work and passion, if you want to call it that, or, or I definitely think reasons why I've been able to have some of the success and, and get the fulfillment that I've been able to get. So, um, you know, but I, I'm sitting in my office as we do this and I have this quote up on the wall that is kind of my philosophy and it's, you know, Bill Walsh, who was the legendary San Francisco 49ers coach. You know, he's got a great book. If anybody's looking for a good book called the score takes care of itself. And, and the quote is investing great relationships. They will pay a lifetime of dividends. And I just, that's kind of how I, I live. And I think if all of us, including enrollment marketers, could think that way, you know, how are we not just giving information, but how are we giving information and trying to figure out, okay, was that helpful? Do you want more? What else can I help with? How can I? And it's not just, again, enrollment marketers back to where you're circling back to where we started this you know, conversation and question. It's having really good communication and collaboration between these different offices, but then try to cultivate those relationships over an entire cycle. That's super helpful and uh, lots of lots of wisdom there. I, I'm wondering if you could press in a little bit more um, into this. So, uh, one of the things that I observe and uh, have seen across the spectrum at, at schools, large and small, is there seems to be sort of this this disconnect between um, sort of the the marketing communications that you know uh, centralized marketing office within an institution might do to current students, uh, to to alumni. Um, you know, overall kind of university branding, there seems to be kind of a, a disconnect in, in language and tone and style um, between those communications and the communications that happen to prospective students. And I'm curious, like in your experience, um, how do you help 
admissions teams and marketing teams sort of break down those silos so that communications can, from a branding standpoint, be consistent. So that's kind of part A of my of my question. I don't know if there's any uh, stories you have uh, to, to share there. And then part B is, I think that some some of what I see a lot of is uh, communication, specifically, uh, I'm specifically talking about conflows here. So let, let's say like post-inquiry conflows, you could probably throw search campaigns into this bucket as well. But there seems to sort of be this, um, this tendency to uh, want to be all things to all people uh, from the get-go, especially as you're trying to learn about what the specific interests and or needs are of of these prospects or people you have on your list and i'm wondering if that sort of kind of uh be all things to all people approach even if we're dealing with a search campaign is actually hurting schools more than it's helping schools because they end up just blending into you know the inbox and in the mix of uh all other institutions so again, that was a very, very long-winded question, but kind of part A is any any helpful tips that you have on how admissions and marketing can work better together to design more consistent communications? And then B, you know, how should schools kind of wrestle with the question of being all things to all people versus really leaning in and being strong and, and united um, from a branding standpoint from the very first communication? Yeah, no, I think those are all great things and, and tons to unpack there, Zach. And so, you know, I'll, I'll just jump around as I was listening to you ask that, you know, when it comes to getting any groups to collaborate, whether it's the two you mentioned or any other groups on a college campus, you know, another one that I'm, I'm asked often about and, and, you know, for me, I'm able to speak on pretty easily because I've been on both sides of the table is so many small colleges, for example, a large majority of their enrollment might be student athletes. Well, how do you make sure your coaches are also having good communication with your admissions counselors? So again, you're not doubling up on work. To me, it all comes back to more over communication is the easiest way, if that's even a, you know, grammatically correct phrase to use, but that's what popped in my brain. There just needs to be more over communication right now amongst all these different offices. And it starts with leadership because I can go over communicate if I'm an admissions counselor with, you know, coach zach who's the volleyball coach over there but coach zach might look at me and go you're an admissions counselor you're not my boss whatever or vice versa so i think it has to be set you know the tone from leadership that this is a collaborative process to where we are going to as best we can communicate use our systems use our crm keep our information up to date because at the end of the day, we're all trying to do the same thing, which again, as I said earlier, is making this process easier and less stressful and helping these students and families figure out if your college or university is the right fit for them. And then when it comes to branding, I mean, you know, it's funny you put it the way you put it because that's exactly how I talk with admissions teams, Zach, during the workshops I lead, which is, you know, this notion of trying to be all things to all people, in my opinion, just isn't the way to do things in 2020. Very few colleges and universities out there are capable of being all things to all people. And it's not about an inclusion thing. It's not, I am all about that. It's not about access either. It's just, and the example I like to use and then I'll use for you know the listeners today is two groups of students that a lot of colleges consistently ask for our help, you know, developing communication strategies with because they want to grow this type of enrollment 
is they want to grow their transfer population. They want to grow their first-gen population. Okay, great. Do you understand, though, that when you get those students to campus and you enroll them, they need a whole different level of support if you're going to retain them on your campus? Sure. And I think that's where colleges and universities have to step back and go, sure, we can be all things from a standpoint of we can get all these different groups at campus, but then if we don't have the services on campus to offer these students what they need, because a transfer student needs something and has a totally different experience in most cases than a traditional undergrad. And a traditional undergrad who's a 17-year-old who comes from a middle to upper class family has a completely different set of needs in most cases than a 17-year-old who comes and is a first-generation student. And so I think it's understanding what your campus is set up to serve and then trying to obviously grow certain groups, but understanding there needs to be a lot more than just a bunch of enrollment communications that go out to basically the masses that are trying to encourage all of these different groups to come to campus because those students have different questions. They have different wants, needs, and fears throughout this college search process that if you're just sending, for lack of a better term, version A, aka the same thing to all these different groups of students, it's not going to help everybody the same way. So you need to have version A and B and C, as I said earlier, and you need to have a completely separate group of you know, communications and messages for transfer students because there are certain parts of your student experience that aren't going to be as important to them. And there are certain parts that they're going to want to talk more about. And so, you know, I think collaboration, I think over communication and I think personalization in there. And then real quick, you had, you had mentioned traditional branding. If you want to think of it that way, you know, the way I describe branding, you have your traditional branding, but think of all these students who go through their college search process. You know, colleges have all these taglines on all their marketing materials every year. And Zach, you and I both know, and I get admissions counselors, I get admissions leaders to all agree to this, and, and they admit the same thing when I do these workshops. Jeremy, nobody chooses our school because of whatever the tagline is on our website and all of them yeah, They don't. Sure. They choose our school because of the relationships they build with your admissions counselors, your current students, the tour guide, the faculty member, the alum they met with. People are influenced by other people. And so I always encourage, and I would encourage enrollment marketers to think this way as they storytell, how are you creating those same emotions and relationships that influence people to make decisions? Hmm. How are you getting that student to see themselves in another student if it's a first gen, because you're telling a story about another first gen student, who even if their background is completely different, still went through a similar type process, made the decision to enroll at your school. And so now as that prospective first-gen student is reading that story, they go, huh, okay, well, if this person did it, I could do it and I could go out success at school X, whatever school X is. Because they can see themselves and they're able to gravitate to that relationship and they feel like you're talking to them and you understand that they have a different type of challenge in that one example. And so all of that to say, I think it goes back to personalization and I think it goes back to understanding that, you know, your brand is also every single person that makes up your college campus mm. and people are influenced by other people. And so 
if you can tell stories in your comp flow that are more personal to these different groups of students you're trying to attract, I think that's a much smarter strategy in 2020. I love it. Uh, there, again, again, so much gold there. We'll jump right back into the conversation after a quick message from this episode's sponsor. You know that feeling you get when your boss tells you to go find a new CRM? Or when you're tasked with finding a handful of digital agencies to respond to your RFP? It's exciting, but also overwhelming. Where do you start? How do you know what system or service provider is the best fit for your school's unique context? Introducing Chatter, a feedback platform built to help enrollment marketers find the software, services, and resources they need for success. Chatter is your one-stop shop for reviews on CRMs, student information systems, application software, marketing agencies, online program managers, branding agencies, higher education associations, professional development resources, and much, much more. Our goal is to equip you with the information that you need to make the right purchasing decision for your enrollment management or marketing and communications team. Get started by reading reviews and writing one of your own, and then invite your colleagues to do the same. Shatter, where great decisions start. I want to talk a little bit more at a tactical level real quickly here and I want to talk about emails in particular because obviously emails are still they they make up a um, a large kind of majority of the communications that schools are still sending to to folks I know that uh, texting's on the rise I know that uh, even calling prospective students is is continuing to increase um, I know at the graduate level in particular this has taken off and I personally think it's in in most contexts it's really annoying but um, I don't have any data to, to, to back that up but I'm just curious from from a purely email standpoint um, can we can you give us some insight into how you think schools can do a better job at designing kind of compelling email copy? I know that you've touched on this a little bit about like the need to to tell personalized stories and to really personalize uh, each communication down to the interests of of the prospect. But uh, I think generally speaking, schools kind of their their drip sequences are that they're still pretty bland. And I, I, I've seen, again, from inquiring and just kind of being a prospective, uh, pretending to be a prospective student, I've just seen sort of a, a lot of redundancy. Um, and I'm curious whether or not, you know, it's, in your opinion, purely a resources thing or, you know, uh, what, where can schools go? Where can admissions teams go? Where can marketing uh, communication teams go to get inspiration, to augment their communications, to maybe audit their conflicts? Are there any specific kind of tools or tactics that you use and or that you encourage your clients to use that our listeners might be able to tap into? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And so, again, a lot to unpack there and all great stuff that, that I'm able to you know, help you with and help our listeners with. I'll start by giving you a little data because you mentioned it, Zach. We do actually on the surveys we use. So real quick, every time I go do a staff training workshop or anytime you know, Dan or my boss, Tudor, or one of the people on the athletic side go and work with a college athletic department, we're surveying their current students about their experience. And sure, we ask them why they chose school X, whatever school X is we're working with. But we have a lot of other questions that really get some interesting qualitative and quantitative data just about their college search process in general, what they liked, what they 
were annoyed by, and how, one of those things is how they were communicated with, including frequency. And so, yes, we asked what was their preferred method of communication during the college search process, and as you might imagine, and I don't have the exact data in front of me, but I can tell you email predominantly is number one and has been number one in the five years we've been doing this. I think in part, honestly, Zach, they default to that just because it's what they know. Sure, sure. But having said that, knowing you're going to use email because you can automate it, I would also then say you have to figure out, well, how many emails should we be sending? Well, instead of guessing, I think, again, it's important you go get data straight from your target audience. And so, again, in the surveys, we will ask students, how often during your college search process did you want all these different types of communication from any college and university you were interested in? And the overwhelming majority when it comes to email say, we were okay with one email a week from a college we were interested in or a university we were interested in. Now, that one email a week, if it you know isn't personalized and is way too wordy and doesn't sound like it was actually written for me and it's just a laundry list of facts and figures, you might get me to read the first one, but I'm not going to read anything else after that. Sure. So I think once you have the data, then it becomes, okay, how do we figure out what we're going to talk about? And so I would encourage any enrollment marketers to do if they're not already doing this, because this is what we do with when we help clients and we write the copy for a lot of these email and mail flows that they will send out during the year is you survey your current students. And so you go talk to your students that have been on your campus at least a year, your current sophomores, your juniors, your seniors, and you ask them targeted, intentional questions about their student experience. And when you do that, you're going to obviously see trends and you're gonna figure out, huh, there are things that as an enrollment marketer or as an admissions VP or director that I know make the student experience at my school what it is. But I'm also not living it, so why not go talk to the students that are living it and see what else they think, whether it's living in the dorms, whether it's you know where they hang out off campus, the person in the you know, resource office that helps with tutoring, you know, the professors and how, you know, care. Every college says they have faculty who care. Like, what does that mean? Sure. You hear that on so many. Well, it's the stories you tell that you get from your students that you then translate in your convo that show how your faculty care. And I think colleges could do that type of auditing all on their own, or they could bring in a company like ours or, or another higher ed partner to help them with that. I think part of it is lack of resources and bandwidth. There's no doubt about it. But I think everything that I just described is important, Zach, whether you do it on your own or you do it in conjunction with somebody, if you're going to, again, have a calm flow that is personal and actually takes, as I referred to earlier, a more market smart approach. And then when we get to email, no question, the subject line, as you mentioned, is super important. That's another thing we ask about in those surveys I mentioned. We asked students, hey, when, when you saw these different subject lines from a college or a university, what made you more likely to open that email? And students have told us when they see words, for example, like important, urgent, reminder, deadline, due, scholarship, those type words get their attention. So does any sort of subject line that either feels, and that's the key word, feels personal, or it feels helpful, or it feels like you're talking to me, or whatever your subject line is, it sounds exciting, you've asked me a question about something, you know, that I'm, you know, thinking about right now, or talking with my family about, or my parents about as I go through the college search. 
or, you know, the absolute off the wall one, you know, I'll tell your readers right now, something that's worked quite well for our clients when we've helped them with it is our email that we sometimes call don't leave me hanging is the subject line. Literally that's the subject line. Don't leave me hanging with an exclamation point at the end. And it's an email targeting, for example, inquiries that maybe haven't engaged and you're trying to figure out, are you still interested in our college or university, or are you just not interested anymore? We haven't heard from you. You haven't taken the next step. We're just wondering where you're at in this process. Hmm. And so things that are also off the wall like that tend to get the attention. But then, Zach, I would argue your subject line only gets you halfway because then that gets them to open it. Now, what's actually in the email? What does the copy say? What is the tone and language being used? Because that, to me, is just as important. And I would argue a couple other things I would want enrollment marketers or even admissions counselors to think about and send their emails real quick. When are you sending them? The timing of them. Because I can tell you we asked that question as well in our surveys. And it's become clear that students are like, well, if I'm going to actually look at all these emails from colleges and universities, I'm either going to look at them you know, when we actually have a school and are dealing with this temporary normal that we're all dealing with now, either after school or in the evenings. I don't read my emails on weekends. I don't usually read it during my lunch hour or in the morning before school. There's been about 67, 68% of students in our surveys, Zach, that have said I was going to read it basically between like 3 and 9 p.m. in a given day if I was going to look at it. And then the last piece there I think is it's important who the email actually comes from. As we do comm audits, which is something that we also offer as a service and help colleges and universities with Zach, and I look through these comm flows in the different CRMs, so much of it comes from a general office of admissions account or like 30 different people throughout yeah. a given yeah. communication cycle. And students not only tell us it doesn't make sense in their mind, but it doesn't feel as personal. And so students have made it clear, it makes sense in my brain, you would send me something from my admissions counselor consistently throughout this cycle, because that's the person that I'm going to go to anyways, or my parents or my family is going to go to anyways, if we have questions. Well, Jeremy, thank you very much for your time today. Really, really, really appreciate it. Super helpful uh, advice here. Lots and uh, lots of takeaways for our listeners. Um, appreciate you coming on the show. And if anyone is interested in, in following Jeremy and his work, again, please subscribe to his newsletter. I'm, I'm a subscriber myself. It's fantastic. Um, and, you know, check out the great work that TCS is doing as well. Thanks again for your time, Jeremy. Zach, appreciate it. If you are an enrollment marketer working in marketing and communications or enrollment management and would be willing to be interviewed on the podcast, or if you have an idea for a topic that you'd like to hear covered on the podcast, please reach out directly to me at Zach, Z-A-C-H, at Enrollify.org. We sincerely look forward to working with you to make Enrollify the most trusted, go-to, digital resource for enrollment marketers out there.